Well, here we go. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode, I believe this is episode three, and I hope to getting out on October 1st, the Feast of St. Therese. And I've been looking, searching, trying to find a Carmelite, that's the order that she belonged in, and really get a bird's eye view, an inside view, but uh, I did find a Carmelite, but he was unable to meet with me. So I got the next best thing. I got the great prophet, Father P.J. Ardarity, who has a devotion, a knowledge, and I guess I would say a special affection for St. Therese. And I'm certainly glad this is a podcast and not a video. As you came dressed today, working in the fields. This is true, yes. <laughs> it's probably better off that we're not on, on live, on, on video. Uh, I know people realize how you supposedly, well, you call it a afternoon off and morning off on Saturday. And really, it seems to me the only thing that you call day off is that you, uh, instead of working inside, you're, you're working outside in the rather hot, humid, blazing sun. This is true. Oh, this it's true. true. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this on your supposedly oh, time off on Friday afternoon? About 30 years. 30 years? Yeah. Since yeah. you've more or less been here at the parish, I guess, yeah, close to it. Yeah, the first three years I started to take a day off, you know, and, uh, and I spent it landscaping. So before that you didn't take a day off? No. I have news for you. You haven't done really a day off really yet, in a way, <laughs> and as people define day off. <laughs> Okay, okay. Now, I know okay. you see it that way, but yeah. working on the church ground, pulling weeds and mowing and stuff is nice, but uh, these people get away to something, but it works for you. It does. It, it works does, for you, yeah. and you know yourself, and it's peaceful, yeah. it's quiet, and you have, and I guess it's part why you have such a beautiful grounds, which are, you have care for another see you're care for it, and so they follow suit, I imagine. You inspire them, and they want to follow up on that. I think John of the Cross worked outdoors, didn't he, John of the Cross? He did. He was a Carmelite, by the way. Another Carmelite, yeah, yeah. And I think he felt, you know, do manual labor, right? That was necessary, right? right? right. Go out there, so you're in good, good standing then. How about St. Therese, whose feast day is October 1st? Did she um, do manual labor, manual labor, do you know? I imagine little bits and pieces inside the inside, cloister. yeah. You know, sewing, vestments. Cleaning, things cleaning, like that, laundry. Yeah, yeah yes, right. Yeah, she definitely did cleaning and stuff. Yeah, okay. But she was not in the great outdoors like you, digging weeds and scraping like that. No. No. No, no. no. So you do have a devotion to St. Therese? Big time, yeah. Big time. Big time, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, extraordinary woman. Now, um, again, when did you begin having this interest in Therese, St. Therese? As a child, uh, a teenager, no, as a priest? No, as a, as a priest. Um, as a priest. As a priest. I, I just, I, I discovered that she had herself a profound love for priests. Right. She prays and sacrifices for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, that drew me as well. Right. And... Uh, fact that she was a canonized saint and she was um, just 24 years and nine months old when she died. Not yet 25, wow. And she has filled the world. Even the Egyptians and some Muslim countries have a devotion to her. Is that right? It is. Even the Muslims now? Even the Muslims, yeah. No, you say Egyptians, Egyptian Christians? Coptic Christians. The Coptic Christians, okay. So they would have a devotion to St. Therese? Yeah. But... I would say that's, you know, totally surprising. At least we're the same, you know, league or somewhat. Right. But the Muslims, though. Yes, yes. I don't what know was, why. You don't, you don't know what attracted them to St. Therese? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, my, myself also, um, years ago, I took, took these courses on spiritual direction up in a Carmelite monastery up on Niagara Falls. It was a 
you go up, I think, like twice a year, and you know, you work at home. And then toward the end of the year, you had a, uh, ended a whole system. You had to choose a, a spiritual director, I guess, giant. And I said, well, who am I going to choose, you know, read and write about? And I figured, well, I'm not that complex and don't want to go too, too deep. Therese is the one, you know, St. Therese. Simple acts of kindness with great love, you know, do simple, the simple way. I said, I can handle that. Doctor of the church. Doctor of the church, no less. Yeah. But at least I felt that I, I probably could read her and understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that happened to you because your mind is fantastic. But you read other ones and I just reading words on a page and uh, it's not sinking in for me. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, I know St. John the Cross is a great spiritual writer and I... I've ventured a few times trying to read his works. So it's just a little bit too... Uh... Have you read any John of the Cross, by the way? Little bits and pieces. Okay. He's very, uh, yeah, he's very mystical. And, okay. Uh, so you understand yeah. what I'm saying? It's just, you know it's good stuff. Yeah. Like even I was at high school, I know Shakespeare was good. <laughs> All right? I know I should right. like Shakespeare. Yeah. I know I should read Shakespeare. Yeah. But it never really... Uh, Did anything for you. Not really, no. Yeah. I had to say that. And I, yeah. I, man, he's the one. But it just, you know, the writing, the lingo, the language. But yeah, him and Jeffrey Saucer. <laughs> you know, that's another Chaucer. One. Yeah, Chaucer. Well, okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's another one. It didn't work. Yeah. And the classic. So you think, well, I should like this. But uh, yeah. no. So at least St. Therese. And as you mentioned, she's a strange thing. She's the patroness of two main areas. Am I right? Patroness of... Priest. Oh, right, right. right? And, and, and missions. missions. And yeah, missions. both of them seem odd, doesn't it, though? Yeah, well, if you look at her, she was a cloistered nun. Yeah. So she figured that uh, from the cloister, uh, by her prayers, she, yeah. she could influence the whole world. Yeah. But, you know, true as that may be, you would think someone like Francis Xavier, the great yeah. missionary. Well, him too, but... Uh, yeah, I guess he is, he is patroness. Yeah, he, she's patroness. Oh, that's right, he is. I, I, I chose him thinking that he was, and that's right, he is. Well, there's others missionaries that you would think you could at least be out in the field, but she stayed home in the convent and, uh, mm -hmm. and the patroness to the missions. That's why at the parish, we're trying to do some work in some missionary countries. Right now, we're looking at Cuba, you know, have a relationship with a parish. I said, you know, because she's the patroness of foreign missions, we should be doing something in the foreign missions true to her spirit. And she is the patroness for priest. She is. Right? She is. Yeah, and I had, you know, my, my ups and downs, we all have ups and downs, and I said, well, Therese is the one, you know? So, it, again, those two wouldn't make, it wouldn't jump at me that these would be the two mm -hmm. that she would be patroness of. Mm -hmm. Maybe prayer or something, I don't know, whatever, but... But the priest, is he not even a priest, you know? Maybe John Vianney, is he patroness of priest too again? Well, he's, I suppose, the patron saint of parish priests. Parish priests, okay. He's the only parish, canonized parish priest in the whole world. I remember, you, you know, I heard that years ago in one of your tapes. Yeah. And uh, it stuck with me, and usually I bring it up, typically on my preacher on his, on his feast day, that he's the only non-modern, I guess, right? You know, parish yes, priest. Yes. You know, others been bishops and popes. Right. He's the only one. And think about all these, <laughs> all these years. That's the best we can do. Just one. Yeah. We we uh, huh? we yeah. parish priests are not known for our sanctity. I no. guess not, huh? I guess yeah. not. We only have one out of all these years. Well, I I've had this deal worked out. I've given God permission to make me holy. So if he doesn't do it, it's his fault. I blame so. him. Well, he, I think he's doing a good job with you. Um, I think it's I think it's coming to fruition. But so anyway, Saint Therese is the patroness of priests. So therefore, I, uh, 
I said, that's a good call. I think she worked with this priest out in the mission field, right? I think he was going to some troubles, I think. I think yeah, I she it. wasn't with him in the mission field. No, no, field, but, but I mean, she was praying. She, she was like him. a pen pal. Yes. She wrote to him, I think, right? Right, and he to her. Yeah. yeah. And he was going through a difficult time, yes, he right? Was. Yeah, it wasn't this. And so she encouraged him and prayed for him. Mm -hmm. And um, and I guess that's really what sort of motivated her being the patroness of priests, mm -hmm. particularly priests who struggle, I guess. I don't know. You know, priests who need help. And I think most priests go through a difficult time, challenging times, you know, doubts. So. That's how she did. She wrote to him and she prayed for him. I guess it must have been great to be having someone like her praying for you, though. I, you know, she was a great prayer warrior, prayer in the monastery. What else are they going to do anyway, besides put on a play or two that she did, I guess. But So that's, uh, so anyway, that's how I kind of chose her to write about. And then I went to, after that, I went, my parish took a trip to EWTN there, and they had a little gift shop, and they had a statue of St. Therese, mm -hmm. which I bought, put on the bus, a nice, nice beautiful statue for my, my former church, that I realized, and then finally came to, I myself came to St. Therese, so St. Teresa. St. Teresa. Yes. In Bellevue. In Bellevue. East of Eden. East of Eden. In the and, land uh, of Nod. And uh, south of Ocala. <laughs> I guess it's south, yeah, it's south of you guys, right? Yes, yes. So what is um what about Therese has touched you or a couple of things? Yes, uh, please share. <laughs> she she received her first Holy Communion at the age of eleven. Mm -hmm. um, she was a very neurotic child, very very neurotic, and she got over it. But she's very neurotic. Now, when you say neurotic, what exactly does that mean? Explain it, was all, it was all about her, you know. She oh. she was the center of the universe and uh, spoiled. Spoiled, and, right? Yes. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. Um, however, you know some. Yes. She, she, at one stage, she was actually, I say, mentally ill. She was confined to bed for months and ends. As a young girl? As a young girl, like uh, 13. Wow, teen young teenager, huh? Yeah. yeah. And she, um, she had a miraculous healing. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a statue in her room. Yes. Uh, Our Lady of the Smile, and, and apparently they, the statue smiled at her. And it, it took her right out of her, ins out huh? of her insanities. But what this happened at Christmas time? Was it around it, Christmas? Was, well, yeah, yeah that, kind of, kind okay, of. Maybe uh, not. Anyway, what amazed me most about her was um, um, she's at the age of thirteen. She started praying to mm -hmm. bring souls to Christ, and there was a famous French criminal. Oh yes, uh, Pranzini. Yes, go ahead. He I know the like, story. Uh, please. He was like O.J. Simpson in this country. Uh huh. Uh, when O.J. murdered that woman. Or uh, didn't murder that woman, oh, you know. My. He, oh, uh, go ahead. Americans were stuck to the television uh, watching this travesty. Right, uh, right, right. Well, apparently Pranzini was the same in mm. France. He had killed three French society women. And uh, so Therese, little Therese adopted him. Yes. And did sacrifices for him. And the French press was glorifying Pranzini. Like they was more than pleased when they heard that when the priest went to see Pranzini, he would throw the priest out of his cell. That's right. He wanted nothing to do and, with it, right? They made a big deal of this oh, in yeah. the French press. You know, Catholic Church gets a black eye type of thing. Mm -hmm. But Emma Therese was praying for him time and time again. And then came the day when they marched into the guillotine. Mm -hmm. And the priest was up on the guillotine as well. Right. And Pranzini's head was in the block just before the blade came down. And he looked up, Pranzini did, and grabbed the crucifix out of the priest's belt, kissed it, and then the, uh, the blade came down. 
Yes, I remember reading about that as well. And so, and Therese claims that that was her first soul into heaven. And I say she did too, because if you look at Dismas on the cross, you know, another death rope uh -huh. there, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. So there's hope for the Irish now. <laughs> yeah, she prayed for him before that, hoping for his conversion. That's right. It looked pretty dismal. Yes. It looked like her prayers were going unanswered, at least ostensibly. And then the very last moment, he uh, apparently had a conversion spirit and kissed the crucifix as an act of reparation or sorrow and right, right. looking for contrition. And uh, Therese felt that there was an answer to her prayers right, right. and that she would continue, therefore. You know, this sort of encouraged yeah. her, right? Yeah. Wow. She also did something very weird. She wanted to enter Carmen at the age of 15 and a half. Yes. So her parish priest told her she was out of her mind mm -hmm. and her bishop told her the same thing. And she said she was going to go and talk to the Pope. Yes. And so she traveled up to Rome by way of Paris on the train. And she had something to say about priests that wasn't so good. She, she on the train up to Paris, the, uh -huh. the, uh, the priests were there with their cuffs and they were talking oh, really? to the uh, French society women. And Therese says about the priests, she said, the best of them are weak, she said. Ah, the best are, of them are weak? The best of them are weak. Oh, boy. And then another interesting thing about her, when she got to the uh, one of the hotels in Paris, she was fascinated with elevators. It was the modern age when elevators yeah. were being used for the first time. And so she, uh, she saw this elevator come down, the people get out, more people get in and be brought upstairs. Yes, yes. And she immediately understood God in the same way, that mm. God would have to come down from heaven and, and bring, bring us her up. up to heaven. Well, look at that. So huh? It was kind of lovely, you know. And so she got to see the Pope, didn't she? She did, but they, they, they threatened her. Who's they? The, the priests in Rome, that you were not to speak to the Holy Father. Okay. You were not to speak to him. Okay. You just go in and Give receive little... his blessing from him. And she, <laughs> she, she blurted, Holy Father, she said, Holy Father, she said, uh, I want to enter into Carmel at the age of 15 and a half. And of course, the Pope at the time said, whatever God's wills, whatever God wills. But they came in and dragged her out of the presence wow. of the Pope. Isn't that great? Wow. Yeah. I'd like to know, how did she get an audience? How did that work? It was different back then that you actually can go up and talk, you know? Well, I'm sure it was arranged in some way that there was an audience hall and Wow. People kind of passed in front of the Pope. I see. They probably didn't have the crowds like, like we would today. You know, people didn't travel as much either. Right, so it wasn't right. this huge. Yes. You know, I got to see the Pope that way, yes. up close to him. Yes. And his audience on Wednesday afternoon audience, because I had, uh, was pushing someone in a wheelchair, and those who have some sort of disability had a preference, right. sat in the front yeah. row and bring them across. And then. Yeah. When we got in front of the Pope, I just pushed the wheelchair down. Yeah. Poor lady fell, but that's okay. But I got to shake his hand. No, yeah. I grabbed his hand. We weren't supposed to grab his hand either. Yeah. I grabbed it though. And now, but her sisters though, and she had, uh, I think three sisters. Three sisters, and they all, I think, entered the convent, right? They did. They were that's in right. Convent. And she was the youngest of the, of the S4, right? She was, yeah. And she missed her sisters because. Actually, I don't remember all the names, but one was like a mother because her mother died the when she was young, was, right? Yeah. So it was really close to her sister having, having her mother died. So she was that. So imagine they were all in the same convent, right? Am I yes. right? Yes, they were. Imagine they were. all these four, four sisters in the same family in the, in the right. same convent. So I think she wanted to go be, like, be with her sisters. Yes. So anyway, um, the Pope said God's will, God's will. 
So how did the story um, resolve itself then? I don't know. Remember, I, I, all I know is that um, she, the, the bishop consented and Carmen consented as well. Oh, okay. You know. To take her in. Maybe she told a little white line. The book Pope said I can't or something. Who knows no, what I happened? I don't no. think so. She. No. Um, what's amazing about her? The day she went into Carmel, uh, her experience was uh, they, they brought her up to her monastic cell. Right, right. And she, in in her personal prayer life, she turned to Jesus and she said, she said, "This is our room. This is our bed." Wow. There was that type of hmm. uh, intimacy with the Lord Christ. And so in the monastery, she did not, uh, never left it, is that correct? Once they go, you it. never leave, right? Right, right. And visitors, family come see her, how did that work again? Well, they were you all met? inside. Their <laughs> her daddy, how yeah, about her daddy? Probably, yes, that he'd be, he'd be seen through the grating. A grill, right? Yeah. yeah. Not that often, I mean, was it? Probably not that often, no. Once or twice, who knows, right? That was it, wow. I got to see where she, uh, at the monastery she was at. Right. I led a group there and there. Lucille, I remember the sacristan was very nice to me, you know. Oh, Father, Father. He showed me up the altar where the tabernacle would be up there, right? And he, right. his own way, told me that she would climb up and knock on the tabernacle, the little, Jesus. Are you yeah, yeah. She would actually talk to him. Yeah. He said, can I just where she did? Yeah, I said, really? He thought a little English it was funny. I could almost picture that in my mind. She kind of got in was actually sit by and Knock on Jesus, you know, very, the simple faith. On her day of her first Holy Communion, her mother had died when she was a young child, but she said, uh, she said, at the age of 11, she said, Jesus is in me now, she said, and so is Mama. Wow, really? So she had that sense of the uh, wow. mystical body of Christ, you know. And how, how old was she? You said 11? When she received her first Holy Communion. So a little older than we do now. Yeah, France was very Jansenistic at the time of, uh, but Therese had this mercy of God, she said, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, she said if she was the good Lord, she said she'd forgive everybody. Is that right? Yeah, she did. You're kidding. No. What a nice young lady there. I don't, most, a lot of us don't feel that way. Well, she had it. I give, had. Her, give her credit. Most of it. If I was a good Lord, I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> they're all going down, you know. Yeah. That's our hope to get back, but that's, that's fantastic. It is. And I'm sure the great book was Story of a Soul, right? Autobiography. Yes. Uh, Yes. That's the classic about it is St. Therese, right? The best one is by uh, Father Clark. They actually oh, have, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. three documents uh -huh. that Therese wrote herself. And it was so shocking, some of the documents, that the nuns, they, uh, they erased her memoirs. Is that right? Yeah, they actually did. But thanks to uh, Kirlian photography, they, they, we were, they were able to they find were, the impression the pencil made on the paper. So they actually brought back the original oh, wow. words. Oh, wow. of, yeah. uh, and she did something that I wouldn't do in my wildest imagination. Uh, she wanted to uh, suffer for sinners. Mm -hmm. And she said that she wanted to spend time in hell. Wow. So that at least one soul in hell would give glory to God. Imagine that, huh? And then she also wanted to take on the unbelief of Europe. So for the last nine months of her life, she was uh, plagued with uh, like a total atheism. She was plagued with it. Yet she, you know, she was, she had a, the unbelief. She took on the unbelief. And she absorbed it and actually began part of her unbelief? Became, yes, became, and she was suffering dreadfully. I remember and yet, that, yeah. yeah. And, um, 
Wow, huh? She, she was a remarkable woman, really. Yes, she was, huh? Yeah. Wow. So when she was dying is also interesting. She um, she had TB, so right. she started at night to bring up blood, you know. The first time it happened to her, her, her mouth filled up with warm liquid, and she didn't even get out of bed to check what it was. She said, she described it as the sweet murmur of the approach of the bridegroom. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's, she, her death was that. And she also said as she was actively dying, she said, I'm not dying, she said, I am entering into life. Wow. But did she go through a dark spell as she approached that? All right? of that. All yeah, of right? That, and then yeah. She, did she have like doubts as well? I mean, did she go of her own salvation or the existence she, of God? or? She said her, her, her unbelief was so great when she asked to take on the unbelief of Europe. She actually said, she said, if she didn't believe in the good Lord, she said, uh, she'd end it. She, she would commit suicide, wow. she said it was so bad what she was enduring. And yet she kept all that hidden from the sisters all around her. It's almost like Mother Teresa in some ways, yes, yeah? yes, you know that? Exactly. Yeah. Who went through a very dark you know, period of life and yes. yet continued and had that, you know. Wow. Man. Interesting yeah. life. Very. Hmm. She, I think she healed me in a way. Um, you know, I read in her her second manuscript was called just simply called Manuscript B, and she said things like, you know, she wanted to uh, preach the gospel on all continents at the same time till the end of the world. She wanted to spend time in hell, uh, so that one soul would give glory to God. She was mm -hmm. very grandiose, and it actually healed my soul. I I have desired for an awful long time to be uh, uh, to be possessed by Christ. I want him to. Uh, I want the Trinity to make me holy, and um, you know, just to just to be a living instrument of Christ, and you know, the, the fact that she has such grandiose desires kind of confirmed me in my desire for sanctity. That, mm. uh, oh, somebody else's, so I'd probably better about there myself. you go. Someone else. Well, she might say yeah. something from heaven. Oh, there's someone else like me there. Yeah, another mad clarity, woman. Huh? Another mad woman. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's a, and so you still have the desire, of course, to be possessed. Uh, I do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, through all these years, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm trying to think what else I remember about St. Therese, but just a little way how they, uh, I remember one nun that really drove her nuts. Yeah, right? yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. She was making a clicking noise during prayer. Yes. Yeah. And she just, you know, there's personalities of personalities, whether you live in a monastery, live outside a monastery. There's some people we just don't uh, connect with, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and they, ooh, we have an aversion, in fact. Yes. And I remember that nun came up to her and she said, boy, I think Therese, you must really like me a lot, <laughs> right? Because when you see me, you always have this nice big smile. Yes. Uh, some, yes. Uh, something to that word. And yes. that stuck with me. Yes. Oh, Therese, you must be very fond of me, because whenever you see me, you always greet me with this big, warm smile. Right. Uh, it was just the opposite. Yeah, Dropping <laughs> our nerves big time. Imagine. There it is. You want to talk about sanctity. There, that's it. No matter all these others, you know, this is the real deal that we deal with in life. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Putting with people that can drive us crazy just because, you know, and we drive people crazy as well. You know, it works both ways. But, and how to deal with that? How do we deal with people? And people have them co-workers, mm -hmm. you know, who they work with or church or neighbors and groups, organizations, you know. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to this, and I was disappointed one time talking to this passionate priest. You know, they live in community. And so before someone's assigned to their community, 
they live with him and they vote on him whether they want to accept him or not. You know, see if he's a good fit. And that's, no, you don't grow that way. No. No, no. imagine that you go there and you get rejected. What is this? You know, that bothered me. That yeah. thing doesn't affect me. I said, that's not right. Yeah, hmm? exactly. That's not right. That's how it was. They, yeah. uh, they vote on, you know, because they want to make sure they get along. No, you, you grow in people who... <laughs> who get on your nerves. Yes. Like sandpaper rubbing against yeah. your skin. Well, look at Jesus, what he had to endure with the yeah. twelve apostles. Yeah. Peter was a hothead, mm -hmm. cut somebody's ear off. Yeah. Judas betrayed him. Right. John, who seemed to be a bit of a narcissist, he says, Jesus loves me the most. <laughs> but maybe that was just a cold word. Maybe. I don't know. But that's yeah. it, you know, if, you know, it's like Jesus said, if you know, if you're nice to only people who are nice to you, what good is that? Exactly. Right? Even the pagans are the same. Exactly. Sure. Right. So that I remember reading that and that struck me, you know, all the little things like that. I said, there it is, because I was living community with the Salesians and you know, a great bunch of guys. But there's always things that irritate you, but be kind to those who you find hard to be kind to. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's, that's the, you know, and purge a simple admonition to smile, right? Mm -hmm. And even Mother Teresa said the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Mother Teresa is sort of very similar to thought pattern. Yes. You know, yeah. it's very similar. Mother Teresa would tell people who want to imitate her, want to come to India, be in Calcutta. Never mind. Stay where you are. Stay right. home. Right. You don't got to come here. Right. You know, That's just right. smile at the, your wife, your husband, or be kind. That's, right. That's and I give her, you don't have to come follow me, spend all that money. Just, you know, with you, where you are, do little acts of kindness and great love. And your church before the dam has those uh, relics of St. Therese as we well, do. right? We do. And they were under, unharmed, right? Unharmed under. in the big fire. Good, good, good. Now, how did you, how did you come to possession of these relics? These are first class, right? Are they burnt yeah, or bones yeah. of flesh or yeah, something, right? Yeah, there's something out of the casket because she wasn't an incorruptible like right. some of the great saints. Uh -huh. So there's some like dust mm -hmm. out of her right. casket, really. Um, well, it's, in a way, it's kind of sad how I came across the relics. There's, there's, um, the modern world has fallen into an apostasy. Mm -hmm. As you look at here in Florida, most of the people who go to Mass every Sunday, are, they're elderly, you know. And right. Their families have fallen away. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, so, so what happens here in southwest Ocala is, you know, the parents die and the children come, you know, and they'll clean out the house. Right. And... That's the first thing a lot of them dump off. They dump off all the religious articles and the Bibles and the relics. So, so Prussia had these relics? And that's how I got them. Wow. It's well, a bit like, uh, you know, where the carcass is, mm -hmm. there will the vultures be yeah. gathered. And mm -hmm. Sometimes the vultures are, are the children. Even, yes, yes. You know. Now, have, have, you, have you had experience of roses or the center roses? Uh, twice, uh, twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah. You want to know about it? I'd like to hear about it. I'm sure those listening would like to hear about it too. Oh, well, the, the first one was, um, it was actually here when mm -hmm. I got here in, in uh, 1987. We didn't have the regular church at the time. And for no reason I can think of, um, it was early morning. Mm -hmm. I was going from the little sacristy that we used at the time into the parish hall right. to get things ready for mass right, or right, something right. of that nature. And out of no place, there was this uh, extraordinary um, smell of roses. Mm. And I looked for them, and there was nothing at all there. But the other one happened in um, Dublin, Ireland. I'd gone to see uh, a Carmelite nun 
that was living in a monastery mm-hmm. uh, almost next door to my mother's house. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see her and she handed me a rose mm-hmm. when I was there. And it was, it's, there was actually no smell of it of any kind whatsoever. Uh, at the time my mother was in the hospital, so I was in the family house by myself. So I put the rose in the middle of the table. And um, so I was sitting one morning reading the Divine Office. Right. And as God is my witness, mm-hmm. uh, I was reading the, the uh, some, some words in there said, we are the aroma of Christ in this world. Mm. And the rose, it just wafted this. Is that right? This dead rose. Is that right? You know, it came alive. Oh, the scent. Right at those words. At those words. We are the aroma of Christ in this world. Oh. So it, uh, it left a bit of an impression. That would. That would work. Yeah. I know with those, and a lot of people pray to St. Therese, and had roses, you know, show up somehow. Right. I don't remember all the details. Different people have told me different things. Someone all of a sudden will come and bring them roses. Right. Seemingly right. for no apparent reason. They just, right. I was just thinking about you. Hey, I got some, ro- you know, flowers right. for you. Right. Roses. And it, it has happened. And my friend Alice, who had a severe aneurysm there in the hospital, and it's like life and death. You know, she has a devotion to St. Therese, and of course, belongs to our parish. And I remember a nurse there in ICU, there in her forearm was a big tattoo of a rose, a red rose. Mm. I said, I said, Alan, they can't bring roses in, but look at her arm. Mm. The rose is there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. I think so. I said, look at that. I didn't know. I said, all of a sudden, it's, and I don't think that nurse was, just, you know, belief because of that, but I said, there it is. There's your rose. Right there's a sign. Remember, you know, as a reminder. Yeah, so she said she would send roses down from heaven to shower. I would do good, you know, spend my heaven doing good on earth, shower roses. So, you know, right now we're, our parish, we're doing the novena, at least I sent it to them online. And strange, I'll be honest with you, I, I promote the novena, but I said, I really don't say the novena, you know that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I prayed to her every day and I felt, well, you know, that's sort of what I do every day. I talk to her, you know, a little, I have a little go by the statue, so... Uh, but I encourage people to say it. But I'm thinking, you know, I'm not as dedicated to it as, you know, as it may appear. Though at weekday mass we do have a little short prayer yeah. on the screen, things yeah. like that. So we do. But I, yeah. but I feel like you no. Know, every day I have my prayer to Saint Therese and just ask her, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. some reason she brought me to this parish here, you know, in Bellevue. So I have to believe, you know, that's what happened. And uh, anyway, so I look forward to a great feast day. To, uh, we celebrate this Thursday. Hmm. You're still in the uh, hall, right? We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. And where are the relics now? <clears throat> They're in um, a uh, shop in town. Oh, in a shop. The, okay. And the lady that's working on them used to work at the Vatican on on the, the mounting of relics. Is that right? It's very interesting. Of all places to wow. go in Alcala. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's curious, huh? It is curious. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, you know, Feast of St. Therese in our parish, but, you know, with everything going on, you know, we celebrate, I guess, that following Sunday, some form, but it's also October 4th, which is also the Feast of St. Francis, you know, mm-hmm. if you, but we're not Franciscan, but still, mm-hmm. we'll do a little bit, but I, usually I preach on that, but I like the reading, so I'm really not going to preach too much on the life of Therese. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I look ahead, you know, do not be, have no anxiety, you know, pray about everything. I said, that's, I'll tie her, so I mean, I'll bring her in there, but that, I like that reading so much from Philippians chapter two there, you know, mm-hmm. 
having no anxiety of all provoking prey. That's it. I need to speak on that. But anyway. So listen, I want to thank you for sharing little thoughts on, on the great Saint Therese. Mm -hmm. huh? mm -hmm. And you must the little flower, since you're always outside in the uh, on the earth, mm -hmm. that's another attachment you have to her. You were yeah, and, and the know. soil and flowers and yeah. well, she was trimming. No, she was no little flower, she was one tough nun. <laughs> Is that right? Oh one tough nun. Remarkable. Yeah, no, when she died, remember there's some one nun comment. What are we going to say about her? Yes. Right? Yes, That's yes. She had we had nothing to say about her. <laughs> she, did, did, she didn't do anything. Right. Mother will have nothing to say at her yeah. funeral. Yeah, isn't that funny, huh? A mediocre nun. <laughs> yeah. She becomes the doctor, a saint and a doctor of the church. Right. And some people, as you said, follow her, her spirituality and not just Catholics, the uh, Coptics, but even Muslims. <laughs> yes. That's pretty impressive. Even the, yeah. even the Muslims as well. She'd be a great saint for uh, drug addicts and stuff. She, uh, she believed that God would do everything for her. Mm. Like, like the elevator. The elevator would pick uh -huh. her up. But God would come down and pick up the little bird that is Therese and bring her to heaven. Hmm. Yeah, it's remarkable. She had a great affection for her dad. She did. Right, you know. He was the king. Right, yeah. I mean, I believe that's part of own spirituality. But God, as a father, was probably easy to make that connection. Right. I think so much that she had loved her daddy. Yes. Who probably spoiled the, you know, she's the youngest, right? Probably spoiled her a little bit too, and she right. was a pretty little girl, and, right. and she knew she was pretty. I think she, she did. right, she yeah, did. you know. So I think that helped her spirituality. Her daddy was so good, and she was so close to her daddy, That's right. feeling his that my daddy loves me, you know. And she even saw there's a the stars at night that actually one place in the sky makes a T up there, Is that and right? she says, "Daddy, daddy, look, 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 God has written my name in the yeah, stars." That. Oh my. Well, that's, that's a great gift to have that much affection or feel that close to God, that you are special in His eyes, you know that? Yeah. Sometimes we try to preach that, oh, God loves you, but doesn't really, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves everybody, but she felt it uniquely. Yeah, well, He loves you whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah, but uh, we say that, you know, God loves you, but to me, it doesn't really penetrate the same way. But yeah. Therese... She, she knew it. That's right, yeah. It wasn't just words or a good thought or, yeah, right. And sometimes we say God loves everybody, but you still feel nameless, faceless. But she felt... That's right, you're right. You know what I mean? And yet that doesn't alter the truth, that God can't take his eyes off us. Imagine that, huh? Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, listen, hope you have a good feast day on October 1st, the Feast of St. Therese. Hmm? October's a great month for saints, by the way. It's mm. an all-star month for saints. Mm. I always look forward to October. There's so many of them. Mm. It's incredible. Kind of... Really go nice. Anyway, so thank you so much, and everybody, uh, if you check out St. Therese, read about her, Google her, learn about her, and the simple way of doing small acts of kindness with great love, with great love. So may God bless and keep you, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.